was the last day of school. Uh, Miss Crawford, I was thinking that maybe you and I can get together over the summer. I mean, it'll be legal. I mean, it can be. It was the first day of summer vacation. Do you guys know anything about a party here tonight? No, sir. It was a time they will never forget. There's a new fiesta in the making as we speak. I thought he was cute. You thought he was cute? Do you realize when he graduated, we were like three years old? Welcome to the House of Cinema podcast. My name is Joe, and in the house today, we are continuing our summer movie madness, week three. And in week three, we are talking about Dazed and Confused, a movie that was chosen by Dylan. Dylan, tell me about the time you watched Dazed and Confused, the first experience you had with it, and how do you feel about the movie now? So I watched Dazed and Confused for the first time in college, which is probably the most appropriate time to watch Dazed and Confused, I think. I would agree. I would agree. It's, It's just the right time. Um, and I remember watching it and thinking, wow, this movie is just really easy going, really easy to follow. There's not much going on, but at the same time, there's a lot of character interactions that feel just very natural. The soundtrack is absolutely stellar. The camera work is interesting and it's one of my favorite directors, Richard Linklater. So it was just, I was really surprised at how much I liked it for, you know, I knew the movie was popular, but I didn't think I was going to like it that much. Uh, And after that, I just kept on wanting to watch it a lot. You know, it's like one of those movies that was fun to have on in the background. You know, you didn't need to pay attention to it too much to know what was going on. Um, And since then, it's just been one of my favorite movies, if not my favorite movie of all time. What about you? Wow. Favorite movie of all time. That is quite the assertion. Yeah, I've for days to confuse. It's pretty self-proclaimed on uh, TikTok. I've been uh, per, okay. I've been uh, saying okay. that for since I got on the app that it's it's one of my favorites and uh, it it's never uh, been defeated before in my opinion for me at least. All right. Well, that's a lot of pressure for me to make sure we <laughs> do this movie justice in this episode. <laughs> I had, I knew you liked it a lot. Yeah. But I didn't know it was your favorite movie of all time, or at least one of your favorite movies of all time. I definitely have like a personal connection to this movie. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's a great movie. I mean, I agreed to it when you were like, summer movie, I wanted your days confused. It was the very first movie you recommended that you wanted to do. I was completely down because I hadn't seen it in quite some time. I think I watched it for the first time as well in college, and I agree with you completely. Probably the most appropriate time to watch the movie. That, I mean, that being said, if you watched it in high school, it's not like it's bad or anything, but it, it's definitely revisiting it now as an adult. There's a lot more, I guess it's a lot more adult than I remembered it being. Like, I always thought it was like a really fun, like lighthearted movie, but uh, it, it gets pretty adult. It could be considered a bad influence if you watched it at. I would say the wrong age. It's yes. I think yes. Uh, watching it in college, a lot of that behavior, like you know, with the drinking and partying, um, that's kind of like very obvious in college. It, college is kind of associated with that, along with you know the actual learning <laughs> and classes. Um, so I think you know that's a more appropriate time to watch it. But if you're like thirteen, 
maybe a little bit younger watching this, you could definitely be like, oh, yeah, let's, let's do that stuff and could get in trouble. You can get in trouble. Good point. Yeah, I think if you're too young, it might be too impressionable. You might mistake it as, oh, everybody does that when they're older, you know, throw bowling balls out of cars and drink and drive. There's a lot of drinking and driving in this movie. I yeah. completely forgot that everybody's just drinking and driving. I know it's a different era that this movie is doing, you know, the 70s, but it's still, I was like, damn, man, everybody's just drinking and driving. They don't really care. But um, yeah, so I watched it when I was in college. I really enjoyed it when I watched it, but I don't think I'd seen it again until this past week when i was preparing for this episode it's one of those movies that is on tv on like ifc a decent amount so i catch scenes here and there i'll see a lot of clips of it on on the internet so i never felt i felt like i needed to watch it again so preparing for this episode rewatching it um still really enjoyed it i don't know if i enjoyed it as much the second time as i did the first time but i still really enjoyed it not proclaiming it as one of my favorite movies but respect to you for putting it in your you know top tier echelon of movies but let's let's jump into the movie i think we have a lot to talk about and now our feature presentation days confused released in september 24th of 1993 directed as uh, you mentioned by richard linklater it's cast now disclaimer about the cast this is an ensemble film there are a lot of characters. We're not going to be able to talk about every single character. I'm not going to be able to list every single character. One, because there's a lot of them. And two, I don't even remember half the names myself. Like, I, you and I were prepping just before this, and we had to, like, refresh our memories on who is who because there's so many names. So, that being said, we've narrowed it down to, like, 13 people that were kind of important to the movie and central to our conversations for this episode. So, we'll go through that very quickly. Wiley Wiggins plays Mitch Kramer. Jason London plays Randall, a.k.a. Pink Floyd. Sasha Jensen plays Don Dawson. Ben Affleck plays Fred O'Banion. Cole Hauser plays Benny O'Donnell. Then we have Rory Cochran plays Ron Slater, who's the pothead. Matthew McConaughey plays David Wooderson. Sean Andrews plays Kevin Pickford. Michelle Burke plays Jody Kramer. Mila Jehovich plays Michelle Burroughs. Parker Posey plays Darla Marks. And then the last three I'm listing are just like the, the three nerds that we kind of travel with throughout the movie. And that's Adam Goldberg as Mike Newhouse, Anthony Rapp as Tony Olson, and Maria Rubisi as Cynthia Dunn. Again, there are a lot of people we can mention in this movie. Renee Zellweger is in this movie, apparently, uh, for like, I don't know. She's not really credited, I don't think, as anybody. I think she's just like girl number one or something like that. Does she have a name? I don't even know. Uh, I think she's just in it in like one shot, honestly. I, I didn't even catch her this time watching it yeah. around. So <laughs> I, I got to say, I, I might have to watch it again just to look for the Zellweger. Yeah, I'll have to YouTube that one later. But that is the, in a sense, the main cast that we see mostly throughout the movie. The movie had a budget of $6.9 million, gross $8 million, pretty small budget film, small return, Rotten Tomato score. Critics, 92%. Audience score, 90%. The consensus reads, featuring an excellent ensemble cast, a precise feel for the 1970s, and a killer soundtrack, Dazed and Confused is a funny, affectionate, and clear-eyed look at high school life. Dylan, turning to you, your reaction to the two Rotten Tomato scores here. Agree, disagree, how do you feel? 
I think, first of all, both of those scores are high praise scores. Uh, to be in the 90s on both the audience and critics score meter, I think that's a, that's a, considered a home run in my book. I know it didn't make a lot of money originally when it like was released in theaters, but I think over time this movie has become such a cult classic um, that there's just like a lot of popularity with it now among like young people uh, specifically. And I would say in terms of the score, I would say that's pretty fair. Like I said, I'd probably go a little bit higher since it's my favorite <laughs> movie. I don't that's think fair. I'd give it 100%, though. I don't think any movie should be 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Olivia might disagree and say Shrek 2 is 100% or something. <laughs> well, actually, Shrek 2 is a perfect movie. Oh, okay. So there we it, go. Yeah, we it go. should be 100%. That's the only 100%. And I guess Paddington 2. There we go. There we go. Paddington 2, Supremacy Always. Anyway, but I'd probably give it a 97% personally. Okay. That was where I yeah. would score it. What's your reaction to these scores? Like you, I think you hit it right on the head uh, in terms of a 90 audience score, a 92 critic score a very good indication that this movie is obviously great and a, an achievement in itself. I mean, it's rare sometimes to get critics and audience to agree on a movie, I feel like. You know, critics can either be real low and audience real high or vice versa, but this is just a 2% difference, which is a pretty small difference and pretty crazy. Uh, that being said, I am completely fine with the scores. I don't look at these scores and think, wow, that's too high or wow, that's too low. I feel it's just a very perfect score for the kind of movie that it is let's move to the more you know i've written down a couple of facts i'm sure you have a couple of facts about days confused i'm gonna start us off in 2002 quentin tarantino included days and confused on his list of top 10 greatest films or his top 10 of greatest films but what are your thoughts on tarantino putting days to confuse on his top 10 did you ever expect tarantino to be like Oh, yeah, this is my jam. I'm putting it in my top 10. Does it surprise you at all? Uh, Yeah, it totally did surprise me because, one, I had never seen that movie before when I watched the interview, but I had heard about it. And, you know, it just never seemed like a movie I'd be, like, really into. You know, a lot of people had said to me up until that point, you know, not a lot happens in that movie. Um, and then he it's spoke true. really highly of it, and, you know, he made it sound interesting. So I was like, okay, I got to watch this movie. So I, I really liked hearing that him recommend it and i saw it and loved it and you know now it's one of it's my all-time favorite movie so i guess i have yeah. to thank quentin tarantino for the recommendation exactly i think i i watched some movie because of him i can't really think of oh i watched uh i watched battle royale because of quentin tarantino i remember hearing him praise it and talk about how great it was and i ended up watching it and loving it as well so you know what we both have to thank tarantino for something that being said I also was kind of surprised by Tarantino putting this movie on his top 10 because it's so unlike anything he's ever made that it just didn't feel like I I'm not I'm not surprised he did that he liked it. I think Tarantino's a, a big film fan. He loves movies. So, I'm sure he loves all types of genres. I guess I was just surprised he liked this one so much since he has nothing like this in his filmography. I mean, oh, obviously yeah. he's very well known for his violence and his, you know, nothing like this where it's just kind of like a hangout no plot, just high school for an hour and a half. So I was caught off guard by how much he loved it, but still pretty cool that he does. 
it is really cool to hear him show praise for a movie that is so unlike something that he would do and nothing in his filmography. Although I will say I did feel a little bit of a dazed and confused influence on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, just okay, some, like, yeah. you know, I think both can sort of be considered a hangout movie. Dazed and Confused, definitely. But um, yeah. I think Tarantino laid heavily into that nostalgia for the times uh, factor that Dazed and Confused, you know, really showed appreciation for. I completely agree with that. I like that comparison a lot. What's the fact that you have written down you want to share with the listeners here? This is a fact that I just found out and I think is really cool. And that is to help each of the actors in the movie get more familiar and into character. The director, Richard Linklater, gave each of them a mixtape to listen to. You know, I just think that's such a little cool fact that he, like, really cared about each of these kids getting into character and feeling, like, authentic to the times. Um, So what do you think about that fact? It's kind of uh, just, you know, I think wholesome. I really love Linklater's films. I've seen, I haven't seen all of them, but I've seen a good amount of them and everything I've seen I've really enjoyed. I've seen a lot of behind the scenes stuff and he seems like a very just like down to earth, cool guy. So I'm not completely surprised that he took the time to give people mixtapes to get them set up and really in the, the right mood to play their characters. I think obviously it worked out really well. And this is actually a really good segue to my fact, which I'll just say now is that reportedly one-sixth of the budget was spent on acquiring the rights to the 1970s hit that was featured on the soundtrack for this movie. So, with that being said, the soundtrack to this movie is, how do I say this, uh, a banger. It slaps. It's awesome. It's amazing. I feel like every scene has just, like, this banging song playing, and you can't help but, like, just really get into the movie. It's an absolutely stacked soundtrack. I was going to ask you this question later, but... Hell, we're here now. I'm going to ask you now. Dazed and Confused soundtrack or the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack? Where do you lean? I feel like they're very similar soundtracks. You got, you know, classic hit songs appearing throughout the movie, similar music, both really great soundtracks. If you had to pick one, you have to pick one hill to die on. Which hill are you dying on? Which soundtrack are you taking to the grave with you? This is such a tough decision to make because those are two movie soundtracks that I would consider all-time favorites. Um, Yeah. yeah. And I really don't want to choose because I love praising both of those movies. I feel like I should choose Dazed and Confused because it's my favorite movie and I got to show a little bit of loyalty. But (laughs) I do think the Guardian soundtrack is just a smidge better. Ooh. Ooh, interesting interesting and I... only because surprise, surprise and because dazed and confused has some truly amazing songs on mm-hmm. the soundtrack but it does have some songs that i'm just like okay you know it's it's not my favorite song it's a good song but you know oh um, but okay. in guardians of the galaxy every song felt perfect perfectly mm. chosen so yeah i think i would have to go with guardians on the soundtrack obviously i think dazed and confused is the better movie just because uh-huh. I, it is my favorite, and I gotta, like yeah. I said, show some loyalty. But I gotta yeah, yeah, give yeah. Guardians the credit it deserves. What do you think? Do you okay. think Guardians is better or Dazed and Confused? Um, you know, this is a tough question. Immediately when I watched this movie and I finished it, I was like, I knew this was gonna question I was gonna ask you because I know you've praised the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack a lot. 
I know it's a soundtrack that a lot of people, including ourselves, love. Um, when it comes down to it, not including the movies themselves and kind of just focusing on the soundtracks within the movies, I I think I lean slightly towards Days of Confused, but not by much. Not by much. I feel like every song in Days of Confused, I, I think is a banger and I love, and it kind of brings me back to certain moments in my life. Guardians of the Galaxy, just as good. It, it's a close battle for me. But it comes down to it. I'm picking the Days of Confused soundtrack, I think. Not by much. Not by much. But they're both really, really good. Really good. That's very fair. Um, Can I ask you another question? Sure, sure. Let's get to the questions now. Let's go for it. Yeah, because it's kind of a good segue. What's your favorite song on the Days of Confused soundtrack? Oh, man. This is a good question. I was not prepared for this. Let me think about it. This is really tough to choose. I think it comes down between... Ironically, I think Slow Ride is really good in this in this movie. Although typically Slow Ride isn't a good song outside of this movie, I feel like. like it's not a song like I would put on too often. That's what I'm referring to when I uh, said earlier that, you know, all the songs are good. I like some more than others, though. I like Slow Ride a lot. It, it just works really, really well in this movie. Uh, I think, though, all around favorite song featured in this movie is probably Paranoid by Black Sabbath. Excellent choice. Shout out to uh, Cherry Bomb and Rock and Roll Hoochie by Rick Derringer. Uh, that one, I think that one's playing as they enter the Emporium for the first time. And that one's uh, it's a great scene. One of my favorite scenes in the movie we'll probably get to later. Uh, it's tough though, but I think it's going to Paranoid by Black Sabbath. If What about you? Do you have a favorite one? Yeah. So it's got a great soundtrack, like you said. Very hard to choose. Uh, at first, I was going to go with Schools Out by Alice Cooper. It works really, really well in the movie, especially the scene it's used in, which is all the kids getting out of school, you know, just a quintessential moment in the movie, I think. But mm-hmm. I thought about it long and hard, and after rewatching it, I got to go with Sweet Emotion by Aerosmith opening oh. up the movie. It is the absolute best song to open up the movie it perfectly sets the tone and i don't know i just there's something about it that really hooked me the first time and still hooks me today great choice i don't think there's a wrong answer here if i'm being completely honest i think totally you can make an argument for almost every song in this movie they're all really fantastic wow well i guess we got distracted enough let's just jump quickly into our favorite scenes i know we're gonna end up talking more and more we'll have a lot more questions for each other dylan do us the honors. This is one of your favorite movies of all time. Tell us what is one of your favorite scenes you want to talk about. I mean, I think any scene where Matthew McConaughey says, all right, all right, all right, is just <laughs> the right wow. answer to start Did you steal with. my notes? Because I think I wrote down any scene with Matthew McConaughey in it is literally what I wrote on my notes yeah. here. So I'm glad our head is in the same spot. Those scenes really uh, sell the movie in terms of yeah. every time he says, all right, all right, all right, it's just I laugh was thinking about it and i was like you know that's a line that you don't even have to have seen dazed and confused to recognize that line and associate it with matthew mcconaughey yeah it's definitely one of those lines that have transcended the movie it you know you don't have to watch the movie to know that it's associated with matthew mcconaughey you know it's from dazed and confused people will quote it all the time and know it's mcconaughey and dazed and confused it's definitely one of probably the most iconic line from the movie but if you were to pick a scene, though, your favorite scene in the movie that you want to talk about that you just have to gush about, what is it going to be? I think, yeah, if I had to choose one 
scene, and it, it's kind of split up in the movie. I wish they kind of kept it all together because it's such a funny moment. But it's the stoner kids rant about aliens and George Washington. Yeah, man, that song's about that. About, man. about aliens? Yeah, man, you didn't know that? This country is founded. It was founded by people who were into aliens, man. George Washington, man, he was in a cult. And the cult was in the aliens, man. You didn't know that? No. Oh, man, they were way into that type of stuff, man. George toked weed. Man. Absolutely George toked weed. Are you kidding me, man? He grew fields of that stuff, yeah. man. That's what I'm talking man. about. Fields. He grew that shit up in Mount Vernon, man. Mount Vernon, man, he grew it all over the country, man. He had people growing it all over the country, you know? The whole country back then was getting hot. Let me tell you. Excellent choice. Excellent choice. Why are we choosing this scene? It just had me laughing the first time and it still has me laughing to this day i think any scene with that kid is just so funny because i don't know he, this he's got a natural uh natural stoner attitude I, I guess that's it's like a stereotypical you know stoner character i think you know um he's definitely one of the most iconic in cinema probably let me ask you this is this the first like big stoner movie you think you've watched in your film like up to this point, you know, in film life, film career, you saw it for the first time in college. Was this like your first big like stoner movie? Um, I th- actually think I saw The Big Lebowski and Pineapple oh, okay. Express first. Um, okay, okay. Which I probably I probably saw that too young, um, and you know, uh, but you know they were really funny, and all my friends talked about those movies in school. Yeah. So it's. You know, I I think those are all really good movies to talk about with your friends and quote. They're really just chill movies to also hang out with people. And, you know, it's one of those movies, like I said before, you don't have to pay attention to every detail. Um, it's, it's just like a put-on-the-background movie sometimes. But when you watch it, you can notice a lot of cool things. Again, this is segueing into a question I was saving for later, but we're naturally just kind of touching upon a lot of these topics that I just feel inclined to already ask you one of these questions. According to Rolling Stone magazine slash the website, it's more the website. I didn't have an actual magazine with me. But according to the Rolling Stone website, Dazed and Confused is the second best stoner movie of all time. What do you think number one is? Um, wow. I gotta say, this isn't the genre. I'm like, it's not my number one genre. <laughs> so I, I really am Come at on, a Dylan. loss of answers. You don't have the, all your one. stoner movies memorized right now. Uh, I would have to assume it has to be Pineapple Express, right? That movie is so popular. It's not Pineapple Express, but it is the other movie you mentioned. What was the other movie I mentioned? Number one movie, according to Rolling Stone, the number one stoner movie. Is The Big Lebowski. Oh, The Big Lebowski. Yeah, that's right. Now, if you were to pick one, I guess I already know the answer, but if it comes down life or death, you're like, Dylan, you're you're going to die tomorrow. You can only watch one stoner movie before you die. I don't know why these circumstances are, are being placed. Yeah, this is a very saw. odd situation I will never be in. <laughs> you will never be in this situation ever, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe Thanos has you and he's yeah. like, you got to watch one stoner movie only. Choosing Big Lebowski, or are you picking Dazed and Confused? I, I gotta go Dazed and Confused, although I do okay, think okay. the Big Lebowski is funnier. Oh, interesting. The Big Lebowski definitely has an edge when it comes to comedy, um, and I think it also has some very iconic moments, and also oh, some yeah. great 
music in it as well. You know what? I'm changing oh, my okay. answer. I'm going The Big Lebowski. I love Days and Confused. Oh, wow. It's my favorite movie, but The Big Lebowski is way funnier. It's so funny. I, I That it movie can make me laugh any time of day, any time of the year. It's perfect to watch. Okay. Okay. I would have to agree with you. The Big Lebowski, to me, continues to get funnier as I get older for some reason. I feel like I watched it when I was really young, and I liked it a lot. And then I watched it again, and I was like in my early 20s, and I thought it was hilarious. I watched it again in my late 20s, and it was like the funniest thing I've ever seen. And I watched it again just recently, like a year ago, and still hilarious. Gets better every single time I watch it. I absolutely adore that movie, so... If I'm being told I'm going to die tomorrow and I can only watch one Stoner movie, I'm picking The Big Lebowski as well. Honestly, we got to do an episode on The Big Lebowski in the future now because I'm already thinking of all these scenes I want to talk about from that movie. <laughs> but, but back we'll to Days to Confused. Sure. Yeah, so back to Days Confused. We'll have our Lebowski episode in the future. Um, so you're, you're choosing the scene, uh, the Stoner scene. Love it. Great choice. The scene I like to talk about, and the scene that I guess I always think about from this movie is the payback scene on O'Banion. We got another one, huh, fellas? Whoa, 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 guys, guys. You, you wouldn't mind if I went first there, would you? Is that all right? It's kind of a personal thing between me and this little piece of shit here. So, we meet again, huh? <laughs> Did y'all hear this little motherfucker's mom pulled a shotgun on me this afternoon? Fucking bitch. You, you haven't had any licks yet, have you? Hmm? No. Another cherry, boys. O'Banion as a bully, fantastic. Ben Affleck is a great douchebag in this film. I just, I hate him, but I'm meant to hate him, so I can't help but love him as well. I I love this payback. It's simple. It's great. It's satisfying. I, I love everything about it. I like Ben Affleck's freak out after he gets the paint all over him. Uh, let me hear your thoughts on the payback on O'Banion. Definitely one of the best payback scenes in movie history, I think. It's such a satisfying moment to see him get embarrassed. Um, And, you know, if people didn't know his true colors before, they certainly knew them after that. Any other scenes you want to talk about before we move on? Yeah, I think another scene that's really, really great is when O'Banion is actually chasing Mitch and Carl and... He wants to, you know, do the paddle thing. Really weird talking about that. That's such a weird part of the movie that I was rewatching, yes, and I was just like, why do yeah. they do this so much? But anyway, and then the mom, Carl's mom, comes out with a shotgun. Great moment. I just think that's such a funny, but like out of the out of nowhere moment. So let me ask you this: I grew up in California, Southern California, my whole life. This never existed. It's probably more of a, a decade thing, an era thing. Am I correct to assume there was no paddleboarding of any 8th graders going to high schoolers in the area that you're growing up at? No, there was none of that going on in <laughs> my school. Uh, there, there were weird initiations that some oh. uh, seniors did to freshmen when the freshmen were coming into the year. Uh, but there was no like harassing of that or anything like that. It was uh, very blown out of proportion in the movie. Yeah, well, I think in the movie, I mean, it's the 70s. Maybe that does exist more in the 70s. I wonder if that actually did happen in the 70s because that is like I was thinking about it. And I'm like, that's abuse. <laughs> yeah, that's the one part of the movie I think. I mean, there's a couple parts of this movie that hasn't aged great. But I think if like there's one thing, it's like the drinking and driving. 
And it's also just the straight up harassment and hazing of this movie. That's like, man, in 2021, this would never happen. This would, oh, it would be all over the news to like, Oh, it would be all over the news, but it is interesting to kind of put ourselves in that position. Like if I put myself in the seventies as an eighth grader, uh, that'd be so terrifying to just be chased by a senior. There's a line in the movie where they like call, they like drive up to the school and they get on like a megaphone and they pretty much scream at all the incoming freshmen, how it's going to be like a summer of pain. Um, And then they call out (laughs) Mitch Kramer and say that he's going to have it especially bad. Um, And I just think that's such, that's so crazy that they came to the school like that that's not even attached to their own school. They drove they left their own high school to drive to this middle school to harass these middle schoolers and the yeah, teachers yeah. hear it and they're laughing. Like it's just like what? Like it's part of the norm over there. Just like normal everyday business. This happens every year. It's like a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, it's odd. It's definitely odd. It doesn't age the best, but it's still like just funny to think about what it would be like, but I also enjoyed this scene. I've been to Texas as a as a visitor, as a tourist, but I feel like it's such a Texas thing for them to be chased up to uh, Carl's house with his mom coming out with a shotgun, like, get off my property. It was, yeah, it was very fitting. <laughs> it's very fitting, very hilarious. I do like the scene a lot. Question, what kind of bear is best? That's a ridiculous question. False. Black bear. I have a couple of questions for you that we've already addressed, obviously, but I, I just have a few more. The one I really want to ask you, if you could go back to high school in a certain decade that you didn't attend, what decade would you go to high school in? You know, I think that's such a funny question because the people who say, oh, I was born in the wrong decade, I belong in this, they're, <laughs> they're, made, they're made fun of for saying that. So, like, I, yeah. I, I obviously have an answer, but I also am not the kind of guy that goes walking around being like, oh, I'm such a person who belongs in this era. Um, I, I don't want to be pretentious like that. But No, 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 I get it. I, I think if I, you know, not that they didn't make the 70s look great, like a lot of fun. They did. But I think I would have to choose the 80s solely for the music. Oh, okay. I'm a huge 80s music fan. And I just think, you know, it would be such an amazing time to be alive to hear that music come out and listen to it in real time, you know, especially with like certain songs too. like, oh, I have so many favorite songs from the 80s that I would have loved to have listened to in the 80s. Um, Same thing with movies, though. Like there are movies I've seen that like came out in the 1980s that I wasn't around for at the time. And I was like, whoa, it would be amazing to experience this in a theater. So, uh, yeah, and yeah. I feel the same way about 80s movies as I do about 80s music. So definitely the 80s. What about you? Uh, okay, let me, before I tell you my answer, if you're going to be in the 80s, what, what, what clique are you part of? If, if I'm just referencing The Breakfast Club, are you a brainiac? Are you a jock? Are you a punk, a rebel, or the outcast? Which clique are you part of? You're in the 80s. You got to pick a clique to be part of in high school. I ran a lot of cross country in high school, so I feel oh, like interesting. Okay. I okay. might have been a bit of a jock. Uh, all right. But I wasn't like an a regular jock at all. <laughs> like it was cross country, <laughs> not football or anything like that. So um but after I got like a foot injury, I like did T V. Uh, you know, like I did the high school T V studio. Um oh, okay, cool. So 
I think maybe a nerd after that because I, I was always Across like of really... the jock and nerd. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Uh, if I was in the 80s, I'd probably be in, uh, I don't know, probably same as you, like a cross between the jock and nerd area. Like I was played sports, but I played tennis. And although tennis is cool to me, and I think now it's still pretty cool, in high school, it wasn't cool. Like, if you play tennis, you're kind of a nerd. So I played, like, the nerdiest yeah. sport you could play. Yeah, no one um, cared I ran cross-country. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't play football or basketball or even soccer, it's like, eh, hey, who really cared? Uh, but I played tennis, so I, I fit in the nerd sport. And thus, I think I would just be relegated to being a nerd, which is fine with me, you know. That's just the 80s clique I'd probably be a part of. Uh, but back to your original question, which decade would I like to be in high school in? I would choose the 90s, although... I mean, I lived through the 90s as a young kid. I wanted to be an adult in the 90s. I would like to be like 18, 19, 17 in the 90s. I think that would be fun. Like you, 90s music to me is my favorite genre of music. I like 80s and I like 70s, but 90s music is where my heart really lies. Uh, I would love to be alive during some of the 90s concerts going on. Same with movies. I love, I love, love, love 90s films. It would have been just the awesome to see the matrix in theaters as like a 19 year old um so i think the 90s is what i choose from my decade as a high schooler excellent choice my other question for you not related to decades but would you rather have a bully like fred o'banion or have a bully like biff from back to the future who is the worst bully and who, or who would you rather bully you because the other one's just awful Right. Um, so, yeah, both are really, really, really bad. Uh, would not want to experience either as my bully. Um, and while I think Ben Affleck, O'Banion, is a really cruel bully, I think Biff is psychotic. Um, rewatching Back to the Future, I'm like, wow, he tried to hit Marty with his car. Biff is a different level of bully for sure. Yeah, like that is murder, Biff. That isn't bullying. That is straight <laughs> up murder, my friend. Uh, so it is, it I is. would say, you know, if one is just cruel, one's homicidal. So I, I would just have to go with the cruel one and suck it up. What what, what would you choose? I for sure would choose O'Banion as my bully. Biff is, like you said, borderline psychotic, if not already there. Uh, yeah, tries to hit Marty with his car is um overly aggressive with uh marty's mom uh, to the point where he's you know obviously forcing himself on her in the in the car he's 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 a bad dude biff's a bad dude downright he's definitely the worst bully of the two so i'm glad we came to an agreement on that one Dylan, let's form some ranks here. I know you have some good things for us to rank. I have some good things for us to rank. Let's start with you. What are we ranking today? We're going to rank our top four favorite teen comedy movies. Oh, okay. Teen comedy movies. I'm going to let you start off, and then I will give you my four. So number four, I'm going with Adventureland with Jesse Eisenberg and Ryan Reynolds Bill Hader and Kristen Stewart. I think that's the main cast. There's more, uh, but I think it's a very underrated teen movie that um, I think is a little bit more honest than a lot of those movies are. 
Um, I really love that movie, and I like to recommend it. Next, I'm going to go with Booksmart. I love Booksmart. I thought it was really, really funny. Obviously influenced by movies that came before it, but I think it added a lot to that formula and did something really special with it, and I thought Olivia Wilde knocked it out of the park as a first-time feature-length debut directorial position. And number two uh, is the movie that I was kind of inferring to when uh, I was talking about what came before, Superbad. I know that you're not the biggest fan, Joe, but I (laughs) I love it, Uh, you know, but to each their own. And number one is, you know, my favorite movie of all time. We've been talking about it this whole episode. I got to go with Dazed and Confused. So what would be yours? All right. So for my top four, uh, we have none that cross over. So although I do love all four you picked, and again, I still love Superbad, despite the fact that you may think I don't, I still like it. (laughs) But number one for me, 10 Things I Hate About You easily my number one teen romantic comedy teen comedy teen whatever it is a movie i will love to the day i die i've watched it i don't know 100 times it never gets old i fall in love with heath ledger every single time it's fantastic number two ferris bueller's day off probably i don't know maybe a top five 80s movie for me definitely a i top really five really love movie. yeah it's it's just a an easy watch i love watching it I, I love Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, number three might surprise you. I'm going a comedy, but I'm not choosing Superbad or Booksmart. I'm choosing Napoleon Dynamite. Wow. I know maybe Napoleon Dynamite gets a little my little hate. I, I feel like when it came out, everybody was all about it. And then there was a period of time where everybody was like, I'm kind of sick of this movie because it's everywhere, <laughs> which, hey, I totally get. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it, yeah, I get it. There was Vote for Pedro shirts everywhere, and it was a little annoying. I, I, I totally understand that. But since then, I feel like, obviously, it's calmed down a lot, and I've revisited it a couple times since you know the first initial watches, and, man, I love that movie. I still laugh every single time at all the same scenes. I just really, really adore that movie. Um and the fourth place for teen movies, kind of a surprising one. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but it's The Spectacular Now, which was an A24 film with oh, yeah. Miles Teller and Shailene Woodley. Uh, complete opposite in terms of comedy. It is a really kind of depressing teen movie, but an excellent one at that. Unfortunately, it was marketed very poorly, so a lot of people felt like it was a Fault in Your Stars kind of ripoff. And that's unfortunate because it was nothing yeah, like that. Very um, far. It's highly, it comes highly recommended from me. We actually have an episode on it in the House of Cinema podcast during A24 April. So if you guys like that movie, I do suggest you listen to it. But those are my four teen comedy movies All great that I've listed. Now, I'm going to flip it around on you. According to Ranker.com, Days and Confuse is ranked as the number one movie where nothing actually happens, which we've already kind of talked about. <laughs> Movies with no plots. Dazed and Confused is number one per ranker.com. Now, I don't want you to include Dazed and Confused, but here are four of the four other movies on that list that I want you to rank from your least favorite to your most favorite. And that is Napoleon Dynamite, as I mentioned, one of my favorites, Clerks, The Breakfast Club, and Lost in Translation. Four movies that 
Nothing really happens. It's not really a plot. Just about kind of people doing their everyday things. But how would you rank them from your least favorite to your most favorite? Okay. So ranking them, that's going to be tough. But I'm going to go with number four, Clerks. Number three, Breakfast Club. Ooh. Number two, Napoleon Dynamite. And number one, Lost in Translation. Excellent ranking. So excellent. I feel like mine is, I think mine's the same. Wow, that's a first. I also would, I don't know. I'm looking at my list now. I'm like, yeah, uh, Clerks would be last. Not that I don't like Clerks. I do like Clerks. I haven't haven't seen it in quite some time, to be honest. But I I do like it. Um, Breakfast Club. It's really between Breakfast Club and Napoleon Dynamite, which is three, which is two. Uh, ultimately, if I were to like sit down on the couch, what do I want to watch today? I'm going to choose Napoleon Dynamite over Breakfast Club, which may sound like heresy to like film lovers. Like, oh my god, the Breakfast Club is so good. It is so good. I just enjoy watching Napoleon Dynamite more. So we have ex- the exact same list. We both went Clerks, Breakfast Club, Napoleon Dynamite, and Lost in Translation. Four movies where quote unquote nothing really happens, which is. Kind of a silly way to categorize something, but I get it. I get why people think that. Uh, of course, if Days of Confused on the list, you would put it number one. So yeah, I understand that as well. But also, I think this is an occasion to celebrate. Is uh, This is the first time we 100% agree on, <laughs> on, uh, on a, a raking. That's pretty awesome. I know. I know. We'll celebrate. We'll both uh, pop bottles later after the podcast yeah, celebrating totally. our agreement. <laughs> well... Dylan, we've talked a lot about, uh, gosh, I was say Napoleon Dynamite. We've talked a lot about uh, Dazed and Confused, one of your favorite movies, a movie I really enjoy. Before we end, your last thoughts, your final thought on Dazed and Confused, what do you want to leave today's episode? What do you want to leave the listeners with? Yeah, so I'm so happy I got to talk about one of my all-time, if not my favorite movie. Uh, you know, I, I, I know I... Uh, downplayed it a little bit by choosing The Big Lebowski earlier and Guardians, but it is my favorite movie. Please oh, believe me. Oh, I know, me. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had so much fun talking about it and gushing about it. Um, I'm always up to a conversation about Dazed and Confused. It's a fun movie to talk about with friends and just people in general. Perfect. Well, this ends our episode on Dazed and Confused. Week three of Summer Movie Madness has come to a conclusion. Week four... The Sandlot, Me, You, and Olivia, a movie that I haven't revisited in probably a couple years. When's the last time you watched Sandlot? It's honestly has to be over 10 years for me. Wow, over 10 years. I think the same Maybe for 15. Olivia. Maybe 15. Holy cow. All right. Well, it'll be fun. I know it's a, uh, a lot of people have a special place in their heart for The Sandlot, so we'll have to do it justice. But that is next week, and then it's July. We'll have other conversations about July. But Dylan, thank you again for being here. You are a co-host of the House Cinema Podcast, so we all know where to find you. Yes. Check out the Cinema Nation page on TikTok at Cinema Nation. You can find Dylan at Dylan.av on TikTok. House of Cinema. You can find uh, us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at House of Cinema. Again, next week, The Sandlot. Be there or be square. 